nobody is born a racist. It's something that we learned. Hello, hello, hello. This is Lana Quest and welcome to the Quest Show. I've been gone for a little while, but now I am back. I hope everyone is okay. I am not going to waste a lot of time. We're just going to jump into it. On today's show, I have a little bit of entertainment news, but probably not funny. And I also will be talking about uh, the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre. So let's get into it. So, hey guys, thank you for coming back. Thank you, friends, family, anyone new out there, please share this podcast, um, rate and review. So we're going to do something a little different. We'll talk about entertainment news first, and then we will get into um, the Tulsa massacre. So in entertainment news uh, this week, I got into a fight with an avocado. Um, It was a knife fight, and actually the knife won. So anyone out there, I'm pretty sure a lot of people um, have gotten cuts and nicks after cutting avocados and I guess bagels as they tell me in the emergency room. Um, please be careful and <laughs> do not put the avocado in your hand duh, to take the pit out, which I tried. So I was cutting the avocado for avocado toast because yeah, I'm bougie. Um, split it in half. Watch too many cooking shows where they take the knife, stick it in the pit, you know, twist it around. Pit comes out on the knife. It wouldn't come out. So I'm like, you know, get this pit out and it wouldn't. So I jabbed it a little harder. And the knife, which <laughs> new knife, <laughs> sharp. These buggers are sharp. Because they even have little cases that you put, you know, close the knife in because it's that sharp. The knife went through the pit and through my hand. I repeat, through the pit and through my hand. Um, At that point, I probably was in some type of shock because I immediately ran to put my hand under water in the sink and my head was going wait a minute, girl, You a knife just went through the pit and through your hand. This is not going to help you. You need something else. And I couldn't figure out what I needed because the pain started getting worse and worse. Like it, it was excruciating. I started to feel like I was going to pass out. So I was like, let me get to the ground. And mind you, I'm yelling the whole time. I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, because I was so afraid. And I passed out because I woke up and my youngest daughter, 12-year-old, was standing over me like, are you okay? Do you need a Band-Aid? I'm like, no, my whole arm is in pain. So long story short, 
I finally get to the ER, finally figured out what I needed to tell them to do for me. This is horrible. And I'm like, why didn't my kids just call? I'm calling 911. They were just waiting for me to tell them what to do. But they know their mom. So they knew to wait for instructions if I could talk. So ER um, waited, of course, all day. Um, Long story short, um, I got stitches, uh, tetanus shot by a handsome black doctor, mind you. Um, I also got examined by a hand uh, surgeon because all this time I never realized that I could not move my pinky finger. I couldn't bend it, can't move it from side to side. I could feel, I just couldn't move anything. So I will be having surgery later on this week for a flexor tendon injury. So I I, I knew when that... Um, blade went through my hand that there was a probability that I would take some tendons uh, with it and I did. I guess it's entertainment now because it was crazy and I can kind of laugh about it but yeah it was a lot of pain a lot of pain and stitches are no joke. So let's get into the Tulsa massacre. Um, If you've never heard of it um, this is the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa mass. The Tulsa massacre happened in the Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Greenwood District was also known as Black Wall Street. It was founded by O. W. Gurley, G. U. R. L. E. Y, a wealthy black landowner. He purchased forty acres of land. Um, in that territory of Tulsa. And he was the one that named it the Greenwood District. He actually opened up the first business in 1906 um, because he had this vision for all of that territory, for that land, to just build on it, build it up, employ Black people, have Black people build on that land as well. That was his vision. He built boarding houses um, and the word spread. It got out, you know, around Oklahoma that this district was being built up. So, you know, former slaves came from all over Oklahoma to take residence in the Greenwood district. So um, what O.W. Gurley also did was really smart. He would loan money to people who wanted to start a business. So that way there was more business ownership there. So there were some of the businesses, let me just tell you, there were lawyers there. There were doctors there. Um, uh, There was his partner. Let me tell you about his partner. His partner was J.B. Stratford. He was born into slavery. He built a luxury hotel And the Greenwood District. So not only did they have lawyers, doctors, they had a luxury hotel. They had pilots there. They had their own taxi services. They had their own school district. That's why it was called Black Wall Street. Because the black people there were prospering. They were making money. 70 to 80% of the money they made was spent right there in the Greenwood District. They had their own banks. Whites began to resent them. 
because it was two sides of the track, right? There was the east side, I believe, and that was where Greenwood, also known as Black Wall Street was. And then I believe it was the west side where the white people were. They would see, you know, um, grand pianos um, being purchased and brought into people's homes. You know, they saw them living well. The luxury hotel was there. These people, you know, they own, they, they were just doing their own banks. They didn't have to go across to the West side to try to get loans, apartments. Well, I guess they weren't called apartments there, but all these boarding houses were coming up. People were just coming in. They wanted to be there. And yes, again, there was white resentment. And this went on, the building, the prospering, you know, the, the people of Black Wall Street had money. They were what you would call wealthy. That's why it was called Black Wall Street. You know, they had nightclubs there as well. Salons, like it was affluent. It was all, it was considered one of the most affluent African-American communities of the time. However, in 1921, 19-year-old Dick Rowland was a shoe shiner on the West Side. <laughs> he had a chance encounter with Sarah Page in an elevator. She was the uh, the door person or whatever who opened the elevator, closed the elevator up. He was in the elevator with her along with other people. The other people got out of the elevator. He was left in the elevator. People heard Sarah Page scream and run out of the elevator. The accounting of what happened is a little murky. Um, they're saying that maybe the elevator had jolted and he may have fallen on her. Um, whatever the case was, he touched her. And that is a no-no back in those times. Uh, again, this was 1921. So by the time the story got around to the white people, the story had turned from him touching her to him assaulting her to him raping her. So they arrested him and put them in the jail. So when Black Wall Street residents heard what happened, they were afraid for um, Roland's life. So they took up arms went across to the west side to make sure that, because back then, remember, if a black person went to jail, chances are they died there or they were kidnapped from the jail, but probably not kidnapped because I'm pretty sure that the guards just let them in and they will take the inmate and they would lynch him. No one got due process. There was no justice, especially when it came to a white woman. You dare touch a white woman, allegedly, because oftentimes these things were not true throughout history. There's story after story after story of, you know, this black person wrote this white woman a love letter. That person gets lynched. Um, I just talked about this drummer. He was a teenager accused of dating a white woman and they arrested him and they beat him until he confessed and then they lynched him. So that's just was the standard of what they did. So 
Black Wall Street residents got their guns. They went over to the east side to make sure that nothing happened to Roland. An argument ensued while they were there protecting him on the outside between the black people and the white people. A gun went off. One of the residents of Black Wall Street ended up shooting one of the white people um, out there. The black residents of Wall Street ran back home because they knew this is war. There's going to be a problem now. So they ran back home so they could prepare themselves or they could run. They ran home. They told everyone, this is what happened. They're going to come for us. We got to get out of here. And boy, did they come. They came with planes. They were dropping bombs on the whole neighborhood, on the whole district. They dropped bombs. Um, They set fire. They shot hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And I believe they just found another mass grave. So there was an undercounting because I think previously they were saying maybe 300 people were um, murdered, but it was more. Um, There are three survivors that were children during that time um, that this week spoke in front of Congress um, because they want reparations. Think about it. This happened over 100 years ago. And these people, um, 107, 106, and 100 years old, are in Congress asking for reparations. So all of this time, Oklahoma hid this. They were hiding this. No one talked about the Tulsa Massacre. And do you know back then, let's go back again, I'm sorry. So when the residents, after the massacre, after the mob killed all those black women, men, and children and burned down their homes, some of them came back to try to, you know, get and salvage whatever they could. And they filed insurance claims and none of them were paid. None of them. So to hear these people testify in front of Congress asking for reparations, which they should have already had, is ridiculous. And this is the story of our lives. This, my people, is how we were stopped from any generational wealth. Things like this. Just imagine. They were saying how they were wealthy in the 1920s. They didn't want for anything. Their parents were business owners. They had grand pianos. They were living great. And all of that was taken away. There were children then And as they became adults, they didn't have anything. They didn't finish school. They didn't have any wealth. They didn't have a home. 
They worked as maids and cooks and cleaners. This is the, those are the jobs that they had to take when they were already wealthy. But again, it was taken away. No one should question why black people want reparations. No one. It is overdue. It is owed. Because not only did you take wealth away from those people, you took it away from their descendants. Everyone that was lynched. All those lives lost. All those women that you sterilized. Yes, that was a thing. The government, the government now is trying to prevent women from getting abortions, although it's their body. Back then, up until the 1970s, so from the 1920s to the 1970s, the government was on a purpose sterilizing women. Over 7,000 women were sterilized during that time, not just in the South, but in Chicago, but in California, all over. 60% of those women were black. Not only women, they sterilized little black girls. Because if they thought their IQs were low, according to who? White people. Hey, we, we're we saving the children because we don't want children to have subnormal parents. So we're just going to sterilize you so you can't have any or you can't have any more. Also, the welfare department was recommending that people be sterilized because they didn't want them on welfare. You're telling me. So between sterilizations, between lynchings, for no reason. It's not just lynching. It's the brutality of the lynching. It wasn't just, I'm just going to put this, because it's bad enough to put somebody's um, neck, put a noose around someone's neck. That's bad enough. But no, they were brutal with it. It wasn't just that. It was the... Uh, uh, Mary Turner's, you know, Mary Turner, her husband had been lynched the day before. She complained about it vocally. Do you know that they took that eight-month-old pregnant woman, hung her upside down to a tree, poured gasoline on her, burned her, cut her baby out of her stomach and stomped it. Brutal. Brutality. And so brutal that black people aren't even surprised about the brutality that the police are inflicting on black and brown people today because they have always been that brutal. It is not a surprise that beating that they did to Green in Louisiana. That man was begging, I'm sorry, all the time. I'm sorry, I'm scared. Yes, he took you on a high-speed chase. It doesn't mean he dies. It doesn't mean he dies. He ain't kill nobody. You're not the judge and the jury. Why is he dead? Not just dead, but from a brutal beating. 
blood everywhere. And then the cops complained that they had blood on them and hoping that this motherfucker didn't have AIDS after they beat him to death and then lied about it and covered it up for two years and said he hit a tree and died on impact. So when he went to the ambulance came, took him to the emergency room doctor, they found taser prongs in his body from them tasing him so much. Brutality. Black people are owed reparations because our wealth was taken away when you had 400 years of a people being enslaved. Then you have Jim Crow. People couldn't even buy houses or being stopped from buying homes. Very few slipped through the cracks. Did some? Yes. Very few were able to amass wealth. Even now, wealth is being taken away from us. There was a woman who was trying to get her house appraised. She did work on the house. White appraiser comes in, appraising it low, and she knew something was wrong. She had it done two times, and she's like, why is it so low? Then she asked one of her white friends, can I borrow your husband? So the husband was in the house. She took all the African art away. Mysteriously, now the appraisals are higher. Yes, that too is taking wealth away from us. Reparations, y'all. Think about it. So that's the end of my show. Um, (laughs) I hope everyone has gotten vaccinated out there. Um, you can walk in to a lot of places now, um, 12 and up can be vaccinated. My youngest got her first shot. We're waiting to get her second shot. She is the last in the house to get fully vaccinated. She's going to be able to play with her cousins. I am excited about that. I am not going to talk any longer. I am glad to be back. I will try not to go so long without having a show. Um, And uh, I'm done. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) Bye-bye.